Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. Bear Cave, number three or four, ten, two. whatever the fuck number, two, whatever. Number, number two, yeah. How many times? So, is it, no, I think it's number three. AJ's you're been, wearing a like, math hat and you can't count, man. <laughs> hey, how many times has AJ been on? And wasn't it really always Bear Cave? Oh, that's fair. I mean, mm. yeah, this is our second Bear Cave, but it is his third time coming on the show. But by no stretch of the imagination was it four or five. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's, okay. I'm cool with that. So anyway, uh, we got obviously Rio's here and our buddy AJ from the Pragmatic Progressive. I just called him a walking detail machine. I think he's going to prove that. Um, we're going to talk about healthcare. There's a lot of misconceptions around uh, 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 the, uh, the, the healthcare situation, what Andrew Yang is actually backing. Um, we're going to spend at least half of this podcast basically just cheering on the horse because he has been right about this from the very beginning. Anyway, moving right along. Um, I'm so sorry that I do that. It's just fun because, you know, every once in a while. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think we should start by letting AJ just talk. But AJ, really here's, here, this is something we need to be, because you are so detail-oriented, I need you to do these one point at a time so that we can talk about them. Don't just like read for 10 minutes. Yes, okay? that, that's <laughs> Start critical. with your first point and we'll talk about it and then we'll do your second point in order, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, like add whatever you need to add for, for, for context. Yeah, but leave, leave, like breathe, God damn it, breathe. Okay. Um, and, and, and that way we can... I uh, a lot. And, so and no, let, I, and which is awesome. Talk. That's why we love you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, so we, we do want to have a conversation around this, but, uh, but we really do need to fix up the misinformation that's out there. And I think this is going to be a really amazing opportunity to do that. Uh, and I will keep my gloating to a bare minimum. That's a lie. Okay, yeah. go on. <laughs> okay, so first off, I have screenshots from the actual Medicare for All bill that highlights what exactly is it that Medicare for All is supposed to do. So first we're gonna go over that, then compare that to why a public option is just bad and that it doesn't further the narrative that Yang has provided apart from a brief window that he had about five months ago, which is where I had the first video that I did this, uh, inspired it because his brief turn from his normal rhetoric spoused a lot of uh, anti-Yang sentiment uh, across different communities and then he switched it up again. So that we'll get into that. And then how, if he does this again, it, and the misinformation continues among the Yang gang, he will lose the general election. So there's a lot to go through. There. He'll lose okay, the so general three points. Sorry, the primary, that, the primary. Not yeah, the general. Yeah, yeah, like, those, those are, that's what those I meant are, to say. So AJ, that's great. Okay. So you just gave three broad points. So can you just go through just the first one now first? Yes. First. Okay. Section one, uh, 107 demonstrates that it is unlawful for a private health insurer to sell health insurance coverage that duplicates the benefits provided under this act or an employer to provide benefits for employee, former employee, or the dependents of an employee or former employee that duplicate the benefits provided under this act. What does this mean? This idea of people that are in favor of Medicare for all, including Andrew Yang, who has said repeatedly he is in favor of Medicare for all, are for uh, making private insurance illegal. That is not the actual point of like Medicare for all. No one has said, we're just going to make private insurance illegal. But the implication is that Medicare for all does essentially put make private insurance kind of obsolete. Why? Because this is everything according to the bill that Medicare for all is supposed to cover. Hospital services, ambulatory patient services, primary and preventive preventative services, prescription 
prescription drugs, medical devices, etc., mental health and substance abuse treatment services, laboratory and diagnostic services, comprehensive reproductive maternity and newborn care, pediatrics, oral health, short-term rehabilitative and habilitative services and devices, emergency services and transportation, necessary transportation to receive healthcare services for individuals with disabilities and low-income individuals, and uh, home and community-based long-term services and supports. So just like basic, basic, but very robust care. Now, to, yeah. to, to that point. So, wait, 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 just, just a little yeah. bit. Just, just sure, because sure, sure. I want to make sure that we, it, it's, it's a brief addition, but even Good the effort. Washington Post, who is not a Bernie Sanders fan, okay, at all, even stated, it's worth noting that the Sanders plan would be more sweeping in its coverage than just about any existing universal health care system. For instance, Canadians must buy private insurance for prescription drugs, dentists, and op- uh, optometry, while Britain has a parallel private system that about 10% of the population participates in. The nation, in the article t- highlighting we don't need private health insurance, says, in other words, the only way to make room for a significant role for private insurance in the American context is to make the public system paltrier or skimpier, to impose co-pays and deductibles, or to let ri- the rich preferentially displace the working class. The nation is not like a very socialist outlet either, by the way. So, why is that important? Because the only thing that Yang has said is different for it overall for his Medicare for all thing is two things. One, he was upfront about the other part of the bill that demonstrates that there needs to be a, a public option transition, which is a four-year transition. And the other thing is, is that he's actually expanding the role of Medicare for all by adding holistic health care, which means that private insurance companies have even less to go okay. off of. He's never once said he, it's diametrically opposed That's because true. the only actual Medicare for all bill that is proposed is Pramila Jaya Paul's bill, which is the same thing that Bernie Sanders' bill, except has a, a lower public option transition period, and Bernie Sanders' bill. So Yang is going off of Bernie Sanders' bill because it's the only actual Medicare for all bill. Wait, 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 wait. That's, that's, where, I, that's where I stop following your logic. He hasn't explicitly said that he supports word for word Bernie Sanders' bill. That's right. the part where I well, disagree. Oh, well, hold on. He said he, he supports Medicare for all. There's two That's bills Medicare on yeah, but, and but his is the leanest. Right. But that right? doesn't like, mean, but that, but that we can't, we can't just assume therefore that Andrew Yang's version that he would sign would be identical to, to either of the versions that are proposed now. The, That's only, all I'm saying. the only difference that he has said was adding holistic care. No, I get that. I, I, I fully acknowledge that he hasn't, he hasn't said he hasn't actually answered, as far to my knowledge, he hasn't answered the question about whether or not he would outlaw private insurance. I would like to hear his answer on that. I think that we should it, not. So here's the thing, and this is what, and I think it's an important distinction. We're 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 outlawing, um, we're outlying insurance for basic care, right? Dupl- Which is no, this, d- no, we're outlawing duplicative care. That's what. That's like, exactly what I mean. You yeah, just you said it, it more accurately. Wording, that's the whole the point. The wording's important. No, I, I, I think you're probably right here, right? So like we we're not going to be duplicating that. That means like that that sector of it is going to be run through Medicare for all. But if you wanted a fancier room, or if you wanted fucking you know I don't know bells and whistles or whatever, you're still going to be allowed to do that. But the core basic care is going to be run through Medicare for all nationally. And Medicare right? for all actually expands the role of Medicare to make it the most robust health system in terms of what is overall covered. So right. that's why. I know, Yang- I, AJ, I just I want to make this really clear, though. Your argument is hinging on basically saying that anybody who says they support Medicare for all must must therefore support Bernie Sanders's version of Medicare for all. And I just don't follow that logic. Well, 
I mean, there isn't an actual Medicare for, there is not a other Medicare for all proposal that is anything different. Now, other, let, yeah. me, let, let me take you through the only other version because everyone else is like Medicare for all who want it, which is literally a public option. It's, uh, they dress up a public option. The closest is Kamala Harris is trying to go about saying, I have a Medicare for all version, but what is it that she actually promotes? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard actually highlighted this within the last debate that how there's a fatal flaw in the concept, a couple of them actually. Number one, whereas normally it's like a four-year public option transition, Kamala Harris's has a 10-year public option transition, which is actually really problematic if we go over the implications of why a public option is a, a terrible system for the U.S. to take. Why, um, don't, you, why don't you do that? Okay, um, sure. And then I'll get into the other. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I, that's so, it was pursuant to some conversations that we were having before as far as, you know, like the, the, on, on paper, there have been moments where, you know, public options better than nothing or whatever. But I think it goes to the core issue oh, yeah. of a lot of the reasons why uh, a two-tier system in Canada, for example, has been basically outlawed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. So two things about the public option, right? First off, uh, the public option whole point is you're taking away people's choice, which in and of itself is a straw man because the choice itself is not about do I get to keep my relationship with Aetna, who, by the way, makes it so that I barely have any health care coverage. Like I have such a high deductible that I, base, I, I am not covered. So do we want to keep that up? Uh, or, you know, you can go within a public system. So it's, it's really stupid. But the other thing, too, is uh, we don't say this about something like the fire department, for example. Like, there are some aspects of life where choice is just really stupid. Like, what choice of fire departments do you want? That's not, right. that's not a thing. Right? right. So that's number one. Number two, the public option choice is the ruse to distract people for what it means for others, right? So what happens is, is that the higher the income, the less people get sick. Higher income people have that for a myriad of reasons, right? But what happens is they pay into the private plan more often than not, but they don't utilize the services. And that's how insurance companies make their money. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, lower income people get sick at a higher rate for a myriad of reasons. Uh, and they utilize a system that they paid for more often. Those mm -hmm. are the people that insurance companies want less of. So right. what, the, what it does is it, the private system dumps these sick people onto the public system and yep. keep the healthy people for more profit. So what it does is making it so that it's totally just blown up and made it so that there isn't a uh, actual infrastructure to have a robust healthcare plan because you're going over the basic Medicare that we have right now under the public option, which has a lot of holes as evidence of what the second part of the fatal flaw of Kamala Harris's Medicare for all in air quotations. Uh, she talks about Kathleen uh, Sibelius, I think I said that right, the former HHS secretary, right? How she likes the plan. Uh, but here's the thing, <laughs> that is someone who is very heavily involved with Medicare Advantage. For viewers that don't know about what Medicare Advantage is, so when you turn 65, you get Medicare, but there are substantial gaps in coverage of Medicare. So what they do is to cover that up, uh, seniors who I'm sure don't like that they have to do this considering that they thought they'd be covered under Medicare have to buy Medicare Advantage to cover up those gaps. 
Yep. What Medicare for all does is it improves the gaps. Like I said, it covers all this stuff. Yeah. It provides it for everyone. Medicare expanded to everyone without that gap through a 10 year transition and its current iteration basically makes it so that the role for private insurance companies to price gouge and be a mafia middleman makes it so that the problem of medical bankruptcies and a healthcare system where thousands of people are dying annually isn't functionally solved. Finally, when Obama came to the table with a public option with Republicans, they still obstructed him and that was already the center position. So he went into what is deemed a, what is fundamentally a right-wing healthcare proposal in the Affordable Care Act, uh, considering that the Affordable Care Act was actually, uh, first off, I actually interviewed uh, the guy who wrote the Massachusetts healthcare plan by the name of Alden Bianchi on what is needed for uh, the system itself to transition from the Affordable Care Act to a single payer system, which he is in favor of, by the way, which I think is really hilarious. That is really hilarious. Um, but he says that there needs to be the necessity for single payer, essentially, uh, as in it's something that needs to happen, but we need to make it so that there needs to be a tangible transition. So in other words, if the reason why the transition is there is we have made, uh, in the United States in particular, we have made healthcare a business model. We have not made it a, if you get sick, you get help. And there are entire states that have a drastic, drastic investment in private insurance companies as a business model for a state. Great example is Massachusetts. Uh, that's their business model overall as a state, right? So what you need to do is that if you make it so that there is the four-year transition, then you're not getting hit hard if you are the state of Massachusetts, for example. Like it's going to have it's going to have an effect. You're just going to have time to acclimate to the new economic situation. Yes, and one more thing, and then I'll let you guys talk. But it's because this this last part's really important. More corporate candidates say public option is the end goal. If you look at compare that to how Andrew Yang ha is very grassroots funded, you know, has the highest percentage of individual donors at this point. Uh, he is not that. And all he did was he just said, hey, we need the public option uh, as a transition. You think a guy who's been upfront about his policy from the get-go entirely is, going, is actually just saying Medicare for all and using like the weasel words that corporate candidates are doing when he has no incentive to do that considering the precedent he has to have unpopular decisions. And I'm looking at his website right now. He's quoting his book as to how single-payer healthcare is needed for the automated economy transition. What is the only single payer healthcare transition that is at all talked about as an actual transition to that system? Medicare for all. Which well, and it's on his website. I mean, Medicare for I'm all, saying. the words are on his website. And again, like, could he, could he tweak it or whatever, but he's not going to tweak it in the favor of private insurance. Because nope. again, just it doesn't okay. make any sense. Okay, so now, now, I, now I'm going to talk. <laughs> all right. Um, so here's my, my first question. In the quotation from his book, did he use the exact word single payer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's actually the best piece of, our, of, of evidence I've heard so far. Because, again, we can't assume based on his actual Medicare for all bill, which, um, which we've gone through on the show. We, don't, we can't assume it's going to be the same as Sanders's. Like, I mean, the, there are versions of the bill that are on, that are on the floor now that are not going to pass, right? 
Um, and we don't know what the actual bill that ends up getting passed, whether it's uh, President Sanders or President Yang, we don't know whether or not the one that ends up getting passed that they end up signing is going to be the same as the one that's on the floor now. So but it's the we one just can't promoting. assume we just can't assume that it's the same. I but agree with you. Promoting. Right, right, right. I, I agree with you, though, that if he said single payer in his book, and I, I have read his book, and it's been a little while, I don't remember whether or not he said those exact words, but it sounds like you're saying he did. If, if he said single payer, that's pretty strong evidence of the fact that he wants to do what some people are calling outlaw private insurance. Um, but like, let me, let me be really clear about this, though. Um, I personally don't think we should do that. I still support Yang, okay? Because unlike Bernie Sanders, Yang is also giving the middle class an enormous tax, amount of tax relief. Okay. Okay. So if you, if you, if you, in a Bernie Sanders universe, you're going to take somebody who, for example, gets their health insurance through their employer right now. Best. Thank you for doing this. This is the best argument for Yang versus Bernie Sanders as far as health care. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And and basically what I'm doing is combining it with his UBI, right? Yeah. In a, in a, in a universe where we have universal health care, but we don't have a UBI, there are a lot of people who are going to be worse off in that situation because right now they have an employer who is giving them excellent healthcare that costs them nothing out of pocket, okay? We're not talking about people with shitty healthcare plans. There are people with good healthcare plans. I have mm-hmm. one. People with good healthcare plans literally cost them nothing out of pocket. You're simply gonna increase their taxes and then you're not gonna give them anything that they're not already getting. And now, if their employer were to take the savings and, 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 and give them a massive raise, then they would be better off. But of course, we can't assume the employer would do that, right? All I'm saying is even if Andrew Yang does support single payer universal health care in his universe, everybody's better off in Sanders's universe. There are some people who are going to fall through the cracks and are actually going to be worse. Off. Assuming they don't fix one, that. Wait, I want to give one exception to that though, because I hear very often that the reason why there isn't a raise going on and why one of the things that contributes to wages being standard since the eighties has been that, Oh, well, Hey, we got to provide them healthcare benefits. So yeah. people don't get to have it both ways. Pick a lane. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. No, I, I, obviously I'm just saying like, I, but no doubt some of those people are just using that as an excuse. Right. I know. I, let's, I'm let's be frank. Sure, nobody is going to give, nobody is going, yeah, nobody is going to give somebody a raise. They don't have to give them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I mean, it, it, you know, let's say, for example, that the average person's taxes go up by $200 a month as a consequence of single payer. I think that Sanders and Warren are both correct that most people would save money as a consequence of that, right? But there That's are some people- That's just subjectively true, yeah. Yeah, but there are some people who would just be paying more in taxes and wouldn't be getting anything that they weren't already getting. In fact, yep. they might even be getting less lower quality care because yeah, but you don't care about before, Medicare isn't very high quality. But you now, don't care. Well, argument, it, but it would well, be scaling finish. though. Wait, it's, it's, let, it's a lot. Sorry, let me, let me, let me finish. Yeah. Over time, the argument, and I think this is correct over time, what there's the uh, proponents of single payer will say is that the quality of care will get better over time as a consequence of that. And I think that's obviously true. I'm not denying that. Okay. I'm just saying that like in the near term, some people would just be paying more in taxes. Now in Yang's universe, those people might pay 200 bucks and more in taxes, but they're getting one or $2,000 a month back. Right? That's right. So I, yeah. that's why I think that's why I support it in Yang's case, but not in Sanders. No, see, that's fair. I, I get what you're saying, like holistically. But remember, like I said, you guys are not people that are strawmanning the opponent most of the time. Like <laughs> right. what's really happening is that a bunch of people are using what you're saying, but not the way you're saying it. So that's why it's really important. Now, another thing is, is that I want to just 
dispel the notion of, well, then why is it that he had that brief thing five months ago where he said public option? It's because they were trying to change the way of the framework in being upfront about the transition because Bernie Sanders isn't upfront about the public option transition. And so what happens is, is people that aren't educated on the subject don't know about that. Hmm. And they just assume, oh, someone that says that single pair is the end goal. Because like if a corporate candidate says public option, they are not out here saying we want single pair. Yang is out here saying public option towards single pair and people freak out, lose their mind and say he's not in favor of Medicare for all. And it's that rhetoric. He'll even Mm -hmm. change his website temporarily. His website used to say something a little different in terms of the URL. It's switched back. So I don't have it anymore, but that's actually why I did the video that I did and what made me recognize, okay, I got to get this podcast started. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Thank you for clarifying that AJ, because of course, um, it's very possible that his Medicare for all policy may even be written differently than it was when we did it on the episode. Right. So like, I mean, um, I, I, so, so to be completely clear, here's my position as the right winger on the show. I don't think we should outlaw private insurance. We don't have to get into a debate about that, but even if San, or even if Yang does support that, I still would, would argue that it's, it's overall, it's still better to support Yang because he's also, he's not, he's not just increasing taxes overall, the vast, like 95% of Americans will be de facto paying less in taxes, significantly less in taxes than they are now because of the de facto tax relief of UBI. And in that universe, like where I'm being pragmatic and I'm not comparing Yang to some ideal utopia that doesn't exist. I'm comparing him to the other options on the the paradigms we have. Yes. Yes. Compared to Sanders and Warren and Harris and Trump, Yang is the one who's giving people the most tax relief. And so yeah. to, be, to be completely frank, anybody who's on the right who doesn't support Yang must just not know what the hell they're talking about because you he's got, clearly you the best the, right. choice. Yeah, you need to, from, <laughs> yeah. from a purely right standpoint, you need to justify $12,000 per person in non-tax relief. Go ahead, exactly. we'll wait. Yeah, right? no, it's, exactly. not, it's not going to happen. That, and as yeah, far as I've healthcare actually, is concerned- I've actually, I've actually said that to some right-wingers. I'll say like, like, okay, look, if Trump, if, 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 you know, Trump or someone else says that they're going to give my family, me and my wife, $24,000 off of our taxes, then we can talk. But until they do that, I'm going to vote for Yang. <laughs> it's just a no brainer. Really, and by the way, that's not going to happen because Donald Trump doesn't believe in lowering taxes on the middle class. He raised no. them. Yeah. And no, no, re- no Republican understands or cares at all about dealing with the healthcare crisis either. Correct. Right? Like that, yeah, not, they don't have anything. Evidentiary. Like they, they don't care at all. Look at Trump care. Had a 13% approval rate. It's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. Yeah. So they, they talk about repeal, like repeal in place. Trump literally recently said that gutting uh, Medicare and Medicaid would be a fun second term project. Did you hear about that? This is not like this is not a joke, man. That people will die. I, I don't understand. This is why when I say that the idea of divisive rhetoric needs to be we need to be really careful with that. Because there's one candidate that's actively talking about just killing people a second term. Well, that, and you know the fun funny that that the, 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 the irony of all ironies is that actual right wing right wingers like me would be fine with that. But the vast majority of people who voted for Trump, they're going to be the ones who are going to be dying. And, and it's just, it's so funny. Like, it's almost a silver lining to me that these, like, deplorable assholes who are sexist and racist and homophobic, and I hate them, 
they were dying because they voted for Trump, like I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is AJ dying, you know, and because he's a good person. But like, if I could make it so that only good people got the benefits of, of, of uh, all these socialized programs, I'd prefer that. Like, I just don't have any compassion for Trump voters. I'm sorry. I just don't care. No, me, me, me too at this point. But here's, <laughs> I, but here's the thing. Slow down. I totally do. And oh, that's because you're mama listen, bear, babe. <laughs> no, no. Well, fine. I'll fucking wear the mama bear. It's fucking dangerous. It's fine. But here's, here's, the, here's the reason why I say that. Um, there are definitely a percentage because I meet them all the time of Trump supporters who are fucking irredeemable assholes. Like that's just, and they're so excited now that they get to be irredeemable assholes who are loud. As a musician who's been in bars for a long time, I've met that guy a million times, right? He's suddenly, you know, excited, especially you give that guy a microphone, he turns into the biggest dick you've ever seen in your entire life and he's super excited about it. He thinks he walks on water. Ordinarily, I'm the one with the microphone and I'm bitch slapping that guy from across the room and it's really fun. But here's the thing. So we're seeing this writ large, but it is true, and I know it's fucking namby-pamby or whatever the fuck, but it is entirely true that if you actually reduce income inequality, if you actually have a society that's working for everyone, this just goes away, right? Like, there are a percentage of Trump supporters who are just native assholes, but there's a lot more of it that's come out from people who are just completely and totally fed up, and they're losing their minds, and then they get in with that crowd, and then suddenly that's an acceptable way to behave. But they still, but they still support him, though. Dude, and dude, he's, you're he's preaching the choir. I know that, but it doesn't mean yeah. they deserve to fucking die. It doesn't. Yeah, and and totally even worse, yeah, they okay. have kids. I, I don't, I'm not saying they should die. I'm just saying I have no sympathy for them facing the repercussions of the candidate that they still actively support after he went against everything. And again, I would, I would, I would agree. Those people have kids. It's not their fault. Yeah. So Corey, um, I'm definitely sympathetic about the children. Um, I think that people, horrible human beings shouldn't have kids. And when they do it, they're doing something immoral bad people <laughs> yeah and the policy um, proposal yeah, currently no, I mean, on the, the kids, table is but you're right it it's, not, it's not the kids fault you know yeah. and that's why like i'm just saying like in a not in a, if, if i had to choose between the kind of like far left like authoritarian communist society that some people on the left want i'm not saying that's true about either of you guys i know it's not right Thank if you. i had to choose between that and a world where we just did away with social security and medicare and people got to keep their money and we still had capitalism i would want the latter and I'm prepared to make a philosophical argument for that between those two choices, the latter is actually more moral. But we don't have to get into that right now. What I am going to say, though, is that, you know, that's a false dichotomy. And Andrew Yang is threading the needle. And we can create a world where there's a floor and you still have economic freedom, right? And that's obviously the best of all possible worlds. That's the one we should be working toward. And are actively. Yeah. So, yeah. so welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. The reason why I brought up the healthcare thing the way I did because we can't remember what i said about the education issue mm -hmm. Healthcare is the other issue we got to not do this with because if, if we do this you won't get progressive support and you're also like people that are sent the supporting the corporate candidates right now that know about yang and still not supporting him they're not gonna they're not gonna back him realistically because it, it they would have at this point they straight up would have well, I, I don't know. That's actually not necessarily true because the name recognition thing is still in the, the just barely into the double digits. Yeah. And I actually want to push back a little bit on the corporate candidate thing because, um, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with your general emotional argument. I do believe that Yang really cares about regular people. And I know that that's what you mean when you're saying that AJ. Yeah. But I, I guess I would just say that this is another case where I don't think, I think that's a false dichotomy. I think that somebody can be pro, markets and pro private enterprise and pro 
and frankly pro corporations, but also still be out for the little guy. I think Yang is just really is somebody who is really? just a well-balanced person. Yes. Uh, I think social democracy emulates that the best. Yeah, I, no, I'm I agree. I, I, I think that the, like the, the, the debate is what, what is the best way of achieving the goals of social democracy? That's all I'm right. saying. Yang, Yang's version is just better than the alternative but, version. But corporate candidates, when I say in the U.S., are like in favor of pretty much keeping the status quo the way that it is. That is yeah, they're, they're conservatives who are incidentally bought and paid for by health companies, right? Like the corporate candidates, I mean, let's, let's not forget, they get paid vast amounts of money to run their campaigns by the people who are, are having this legacy infrastructure that will be threatened by this new system, right? And so, and I don't blame those companies for doing right. that. Corporations are legally fiduciary responsibility right. to, to, to their shareholders and whatever. Like they don't even have a choice but to do it that way. But as voters, we can call them corporate donors yeah, and never but, fucking vote from them again because they are absolutely right. not having the little person's uh, uh, right. uh, position but, in see, mind. They, they just don't. Corey, that's, that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. It's not, Yang, Yang doesn't buy into the false dichotomy. His policies would be extremely good for corporate America. Unless you're a health insurance company. They are company. going to make a shit ton of money. Yes, that's a fact. Okay? And like Jeff Bezos will be richer in a post-Yang universe than in a, a and, pre-Yang And paying a hundred times more in taxes at the same time. So, so totally let me agreed. just be really clear. If, if it were, it, we'd, by the way, this is not, this is the, the, a lot of people, a lot of populists, and this includes a lot of Trump supporters, are under the misconception that Citizens United means that individual rich people can give unlimited sons of money to a super PAC. That's not true. That's not actually how the system works. Well, the, if, it, if it were legal for Elon Musk to give a billion dollars to Andrew Yang, which I personally think it should be, that wouldn't make him any less of an advocate of the little guy. The fact that his ideas also happen to be good for rich people doesn't mean that they're not good for poor people. Okay, so here's the thing, though. The way this actually happens on the ground is that people who are getting donations from corporations with a particular desire do that thing far more than they do anything for working people every single time. Okay, you know I, I just, I just, like there, I'm just saying, there I'm just saying is, that there Andrew is a Yang one is an to one, exception to that. Oh, 100%. And that, like, yeah. Andrew Yang's outside all of this, right? Yes. He could actually, to your point, he could actually take a whole fucking bunch of corporate money and still I think he would probably do the right thing. But there's one of Andrew Yang. The rest of the system is still the rest of the system. Yeah, and, and let's like, be Biden honest, being a corporate candidate is still Biden being a corporate candidate if, who once he gets if, into office will never do anything to fuck up his donors. Well, we don't know if that's true, but if... Oh, if, oh as if, evidenced by history, yes, we do. It's 100% true. It's totally okay. true. He well, said he'd do nothing on climate change, dude. There has me, never me, been an exception to that rule. Okay, let me let me let me let me clarify this a little bit more. Okay, and Yang is an exception, and I'll tell you this: if if he gets the nomination, he will get lots of corporate money, and he will still do UBI, and he will still do Medicare for all, and the corporate corporations would still be in their interest to give him money because, first of all, most of them want to have influence over whoever the president is. Okay. Yep. And secondly, his ideas are good for corporations. Even Medicare for all is good for most corporations. I agree with you. Yeah, it's gets not them good off for, the back. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and, in, and in fact, Yang is making that very conservative argument. And it's a really he's good argument. He's the only one in the right. primary who's making that argument. No, I, Bernie Sanders had said, I want to push back on that one. He said that in the 2016 election, he said that a lot. He yeah, did. I wish he would say it more now, but I hear He should. You. It's a so good that, argument. It, it really, good that's, argument. that's an argument that I could take to my buddy Mears, who they, like, is totally fucking uh, uh, in, into Yang now, um, you know, about yeah. that same thing. Like, dude, could you imagine 
having to do all of the, your $17 million in business. And I think he's got like fucking 400 employees. Now he gets employees every five seconds is ridiculous, but never having to worry about health insurance ever again. And the only argument to that is he actually has family members who are the insurance salesmen for that thing. Right? <laughs> like that's, it's like, yeah. that would be the only, that would be the only negative. So, Other than that, it'd be amazing. So just to, to make sure, just like we said in Ed, we have to say a Yang universe overall compared to a Bernie Sanders or any other can, insert candidate world overall, we need to do that with healthcare too. That's was the main point because the more that we promote this, uh, the false framework and the divided framework and go against what Yang is for, like a public option is not a statistically popular position. <laughs> and for us to act like that is something that is, and to just say, well, you see, Yang is in favor of a public option because he doesn't want to get rid of private insurance. And then his whole second pillar right. is Medicare for all. And there's only one Medicare for all. And yeah. that's what it does. I mean, I, I, I think the relevant, the relevant point for me is the tax thing, right? Yeah. Like the, 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 if, if people who oppose um, single payer healthcare who aren't stupid are, 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 are concerned about the sort of argument that I made, which Corey admitted is a good argument, right? It just doesn't yeah. apply in the case of Yang because he's giving them so much tax relief. That's why you I'm know? saying that, that just you say the overall yeah. world, but, yeah. but there are two different things. Yeah. You, this doesn't apply to you. I'm saying this applies to like the people that I was talking to today, for example, about this. That's the framework you go about it. Yes, both are in favor of Medicare for all and the implementation, except uh, – it also says here, shift the way the doctors are compensated to promote holistic and em, uh, empathetic mm -hmm. care, care, right? Yeah. That's the other part. And which, which, is, which is an improvement. Let's be yeah, he's got, and, Well, and honestly, universal healthcare as a rule always brings those things into bear because it reduces yeah. costs. Like yeah. the, the VA is really, really good at that. Canadian healthcare has a huge plank where it's basically about prevention because it's, anyway, go on. So that's where we, it's one thing for us to say, hey, Andrew Yang has a better holistic universe because of X, Y, and Z. It's yep. another thing to say, you see, Bernie Sanders is stupid on healthcare. And we are <laughs> just not in favor of Medicare for all. We're in favor of a public option. We're going to go right. against what the candidate says. That will lose the election. I, 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 see, I see what you're saying. In terms of the primary, I think you're right. Um, in the general in election. The general regardless. Yeah, well, no, he's totally right. The, 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 the polling around universal healthcare is bipartisan. Like it really is. Yeah. And what, once people start to understand the reality of, of, of why this is essential, the polling on that has actually been trending hard. It yeah, will no, actually I mean, only help I, them during, during the, I'm during in, the I'm, general. I'm in the minority. Let's be really clear here, right? We just had a Trump supporter on who literally said the words, I guess that makes me a lefty. I guess I'm a lefty. He said it like three this times, right? deeply uncomfortable yeah, no, for to me. To be completely clear, <laughs> to be completely clear, the Southern strategy absolutely was a thing it absolutely was done by people with the intention of convincing left-leaning economic like economically left-leaning people to vote republican yep. over wedge issues that's what it was about go tell that to turning point usa please yeah. as a right winger who bemoans the fact that trump won by by pandering to left economically left-leaning republican voters i'm here to tell you i'm in the minority I'm in the minority. Like I, I, I still stand by it. Like, and I, I'm, I'm prepared to make an argument for it. I don't think we should outlaw private insurance. I but still that's not what Medicare Yang. for all is doing though. Well, let, let me clarify. Well, like I, yeah. I, I still support Yang. I don't, I mean like we, he clearly needs to clarify more details around that issue, but you're, you, you convinced me, AJ, if he said single payer, it's, there's no way to parse the word single payer that doesn't include 
something more more or less along the lines of what Sanders is proposing as far as private insurance is concerned. Yep. I oppose it, but I know I'm in the minority. I get that. Like most people in the United States don't support that. That's true. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to say the thing. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say Andrew Yang is our taco because I don't like tacos. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, AJ. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but now it's the cat was out of the bag. I said it in the message. Fucking fine. But I'll, I can say like. Do it. Do you both like potatoes? No. No. You got to say the thing. <laughs> okay, fine. Andrew Yang's our taco. Nailed it. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod, and uh, find and join the Moving Forward Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. All right. Hey, uh, just wanted to, uh, this is a little postscript. Um, AJ's got some intel that is pursuant to this healthcare conversation and go. Okay. So I want to actually quote the book in the war on normal people, healthcare in a world without jobs chapter, page 217. He talked about, you know, the negative incentives, et cetera. And he says, Direct quotation, changing these incentives is key. The most direct way to do so would be to move toward a single-payer healthcare system, in which a government both guarantees healthcare for all and negotiates fixed prices. Medicare, the government-provided healthcare program for Americans 65 and over, essentially serves this role for senior citizens and has successfully driven down costs and provided quality care for tens of millions. Most everyone loves Medicare. It's politically bulletproof. Someone can say all they want that he, in air quotations, evolved from his book, but he hasn't seemed to have done that within basically any position yet. He's used this as the metric that people should go by to learn Yangism, and we shouldn't stop it it just because we want to try and bash Bernie Sanders for no reason. 100%. Thank you very much for that. Um, I've said it before. I will end up saying it again. Uh, You are like a walking uh, details machine. I like it a lot.